the fake history. Let's talk about that right now in this podcast. The Soviet Union wanted to play a game without history. It was nonsense, and with time, it became a strategic error. At the beginning, the system thought that it could destroy history or even kill it, but history was unbreakable. For that reason, it started to write its own history, a fake one, of course. The birth of fake history was in the anti-Cold War period and not after, as many people think. Now, everybody knows the sense of fake news, but it's hard to imagine the existence of a fake history. It looks incredible, but it was the point of the Soviet Union. When you can't reach the level of history, you construct a parallel one, and the simplest one is the fake. The fake history is the job of the propaganda. The efficiency of the propaganda is impressive even for that time, because the whole union trusted this Pravda without any contestation. In fact, this is not precisely the truth, because some persons of interest try to resist to this fake history, but their lives were destroyed. A famous example is Boris Pasternak, who was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1958. The fake history is just tactics. It has not a very high level. You don't need that. The impressive fact is that the propaganda uh, can use it as a whole framework change the mind of every brain. The idea when you write a scenario is to think that it has to be consistent. You don't care about that in fake history. So you have only orders, facts, which are not related there is not only one logic. The idea is only how to protect the system. So you can use fake news, liars, and of course, fake history to do what? First, to accept that you are not able to kill history. But at the second level, if the real history is accessible only to few persons and the fake one is accessible to everybody, you don't care about the real. You need only the fake because you need a manipulation of mass. So, 
even if history exists as a reality, which is of course inaccessible because they can't find the facts, it's okay for you. So you have only a fake history as a framework for your mind, for the mind of your people, for the mind of the innocent. So if you change only this, you don't need to change everything to be more precise. If you change the history only in the jail and the innocent is only in the jail, in fact, you change the whole world of the innocent. So you don't care to change anything else outside. So you are in the system and you say, this is history. It's simple, is accessible to everybody. There is no contestation. There is only one fake history, which is written in the journal Pravda, which means in Russian, truth, the joke. If we say that, we forget the human being who resists to that barbarity. So when you think about Boris, and of course I mean Pasternak, it's impressive because, you know, he was living in a world of oblivion. He was living in a world of propaganda. But he wrote a book of truth in Lyot. He wrote a book of memory in oblivion. He wrote the real facts in a fake history. And he did it. So, of course, his life was destroyed, but his work is still here with us. And we know that it was correct. So this resistance, this resilience, it's an important fact to imagine that. Don't say all the time that when you have propaganda, nothing else is possible. It's possible, but with sacrifices. So for us, the example for Boris, and at the end of the Cold War, of course, his recognition, even by the Russian system, officially, I mean, after, of course, Gorbachev, is a proof that we can do what we have to do, even in that context. So, 
we have to remember him and the others. We have to keep in mind their works and say that it's always possible to resist to barbarity, but you need willingness. You need faith. But if you have willingness and faith, it's possible. And you create what? The future of history.